I'm telling you, before I even jump in, I just, the Lord just reminded me. He's like, don't forget, I've declared victory. And so with just some of the things that are just kind of some rumblings and movements, I was like, oh, God, you serious. God, you serious. And then uh, before I jump into this part, uh, I just want to release this statement, uh, and then maybe we'll deal with it later. <clears throat> but we're stepping into more than just breakthrough, but we're moving into overthrow. That's that next stage when you actually break through, you overthrow whatever's been sitting there. Because, you know, even when a city would have walls in the Old Testament, they would break through the walls of the city, but then they would overthrow that king. And so God is positioning us uh, to be able to reign and rule. That doesn't have anything to do with tonight, but I figure I'll just release that because I think uh, just coming into a mindset of victory uh, that is important. <clears throat> All right, so. We've been dealing with our core values. It's been a blessing. We've been rocking and rolling with it. I know this past Sunday we dealt with how we see each other. Um, thank you, Pastor Gabe. You know, and the beauty of being able to listen to podcasts when you're not here, you're still able to catch up with what's going on. And so he told us to write this down. So I made sure I wrote it down because I think it's key. But he says this, in how we see each other, it is critical to see others the way that God sees them. And so we've been dealing with relationships. And so it's one thing to deal with personal, it's one thing to deal with that uh, vertical relationship that we have with God. Many people, you, you know, we, we, we kind of have a grasp on that, but where the challenge, where the rubber meets the road and the indication of really of our relationship with the Father is how we relate with one another. Because God says this, is, um, you, you can't say that you love me who you have not seen and not love your brother who you see every day. And so one thing we want to be mindful of is what scripture says that we no longer identify each other after the flesh, but after the spirit, because we can easily become familiar with one another, but we don't want to just identify with one another, you know, after the flesh. And so tonight, in context, I want to let you know that you're not only sitting next to a friend, you're not only sitting next to a family member, but you're sitting next to a teammate, a supernatural teammate. So just turn to someone and say, hello, teammate. <laughs> Tonight, we're going to be dealing with our core value in relationships, but the value and power of team. The value and power of team. I know God told me, he's like, hey, I want you to deal with team. I was like, okay. And you think you know something until he starts to unveil some things. So we're going to unpack some stuff tonight, some heavy, if you don't mind, we'll share some, some things that's a little weightier, a little meatier, some basic stuff that we do know. But as we progress and get deeper, it'll be some, ver some things that'll kind of shift. Um, because it's important. Teams are important. So we know the definition of team. We know about it in general, but when we slow it down and look at it, in a Merriam-Webster's definition, there's some revelation to extract. And so, of course, we know team is a noun in definition. That's one of the first things where we see the word team show up. It shows up at a, as a noun. So team is something you be. You can be a team. And of course, that definition as a noun is a number of persons associated together in work. How many of y'all work with a team? <clears throat> All right, so you work uh, in work or activity, such as a group on one side, also in sports. Team is also an adjective. This is very cool about team. Team is also an adjective. So team is something that describes you or how you be. For example, you can have something performed by a team as a team effort. 
And so when it describes, so team is also something that describes what you do or who you are. If you're a team player, has anyone ever been called a team player before? It's like, man, they're such a good team player. And it doesn't even have to be sports related, but you can even put it in context in work. And then here's another thing that's powerful about the word, just one word. It shows up as a noun, as an adjective, but then it's also a verb. Team is something you do. So in other words, you can team up with somebody. In other words, to yoke or join in a team. So team is a noun. It's something that you be. It's an adjective. It describes what we do, how we do it as a behavior. And then it's also something that we actually do. So team, the value and power of team. Now, I first want to talk about the value of team. The value of, how many of y'all have ever been on a team before? How many of y'all have been on a good team before? Who's ever been on a bad team? Which do you prefer? <laughs> Being on a good, good team is, makes worlds of a difference. And so we want to talk about the value of team because relationships, again, is our core value. And so there's another dynamic as it pertains to relationship that we want to make sure that we highlight and continue to and even better cultivate. There's this idea, this, this aspect of team in relationships with one another. Because we're yoked together, we can team up, we are connected. And so the value of team, the value of team, I want to talk about two aspects of the value of team tonight. Uh, the value of team is the principles or standards of behavior of a team. So a team behaves a certain way. And so one of the first parts of the value of team is this, teammates know and value the objective. Teammates know, this is part of the value, part of the behavior of team, that they should know and value the objective or the goal or what it is that we're going for. Amos 3.3 says this, how can two walk together unless they agree? Meaning that teammates have to agree. And so once we come to a point of agreement, we understand that this is something that we value. And this is something that we're all aware of. So you can't, have, you can't be on a team and then someone knows the objective and the other person doesn't because then you can't really walk together. And then you can't say, okay, uh, we're both on the same team and we know what the goal is, but I don't appreciate it as much as the next person does. That shows up, right? You've ever been on a team with someone, and, and that's why some people just hate group projects. <laughs> it's like, man, you know what? But how can two walk together unless they agree? So agreement is going to be key, and, and, and we'll explain this in a, in, a, in a little bit. So, again, that's one of the value. Teammates know and value the objective. So, again, Amos 3.3, how can two walk together unless they agree? Agreement that walking together, that taking the step forward uh, creates momentum and so many other things, but it's something that must be valued. <clears throat> Here's another thing as far as for value of a team. The second thing, teammates don't care who gets the credit. <laughs> this is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 through 8 as an example. 
As a matter of fact, let me turn. Let me, let's, let's turn there. I think it'll be good to kind of reference. I know I've referenced this before, um, but it'll be good to just see it again. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 through 8. And I'm just going to kind of just dive in and read because, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, let me start at verse I always do this. <laughs> the Bible's so good, you kind of just jump in at one. Okay, I'll explain the context. Verse, verse 6 through 8. I planted Apollos water. So this is Apollo, Apostle Paul talking here. And, of course, there was a debate going on at the church in Corinth as far as for who their favorite apostle was. Because you know how some people have their favorites. I like when such and such speaks. I like when such and such. And so Paul was saying this. He's like, look, verse 5, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed. I'm reading from the ESV. As the Lord assigned each, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. So, again, teammates don't care about who gets the credit. <clears throat> I'm not going to be, you know, here, Gabe gives, Pastor Gabe gives a message on Sunday. I'm not, not going to come back and be like, man, as I'm listening to the podcast, why, why, why he say that? It's like, look, man, rock out for Jesus. Plant that seed, water that seed. That's one thing I appreciate. Me and Gabe, we don't compete with each other. <laughs> we don't, and you don't see that. We, we're not completing. I'm not up here. Okay, get, 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 give, me, give me the mic. No, we don't compete. It's, 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 it's team, and then just even amongst ourselves, it's we, we don't compete. We don't care who gets the credit. Who gets the credit? All right, so that's one thing. Now, here's, here's why, and you can actually write this down. This is a powerful quote. Teammates value the covenant relationships more than the credit of results. Teammates value the covenant of relationship more than the credit of results. So as long as we win, and even in my relationship with my wife, it's like, look, we're not competing with one another. Mar a marital relationship should not be competitive. <laughs> Unless you're spurring one another on towards ser serving God, but it's not uh, uh, competitive. Competitive, And here's the thing. We're both competitive. <laughs> we're both competitive, but we don't compete, you know, with each other because we value. That's part of the value of team, and we don't want to destroy that, but build upon that. And so here we go. That's just some examples of the, of the value of team, but want to dig a little bit now into the power because team is a power. Open your hearts for this. We in the body of Christ have a divine advantage. Someone to say, I have a divine advantage. All right. So we have a divine advantage as it pertains to team because team, in essence, is kingdom based. It's spiritual and supernatural. But this also must be leveraged. When we're talking about team, I'm going to explain it in a little bit. But it must be leveraged. And that word leverage is key because 
team is more than a principle. It's a power. Going to break this down a little bit more. God designed the effects of team to be powerful because it reflects his nature. Team has a spirit. And we understand when you're on a good team, it's, it's something about it when you're on a good team. And it, that it reflects the nature of God because the team of father, son, and spirit work flawlessly together as one. And then he leveraged this and says, I want a family of teammates. And says, therefore, let us make man after our image and after our likeness. So that's why team is key. Team is powerful. Whenever God said, let us, it involved, it involved team. And then creation came. So now team is something that we always have to leverage. It was all... We, we were never built to be living in isolation. Here God, after he created man, he was like, man, you know what? Um, this team, the spirit of team has to continue, and it's not good for man to be alone. So just turn to someone again and say, hey, I appreciate you, teammate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, here's some of the aspects of the power of team, what team has the ability to do. And there's so much, so many different directions that we can go with. But I want to key in on some things here. Team has the ability to bring the best out of you. That's part of the power of team. It has the ability to bring the best out of you. Okay, so here's just some revelation that ain't even in my notes, but just dealing with the, the, the power of team amongst the Godhead. Let's go back to creation. Here the Father says, let us make man in our image. What did he use in that statement right there? Ah, uh, I'm going to say that again. When he says, let us make man in our image, when he said those words, what did he use? He used words which is the son, Jesus, the word of God, and he used breath, the ruach, it's the spirit. All that in conjunction, that team, that togetherness right there in word and spirit and breath released the power of creation. So how much more so when we maintain and cultivate the spirit of team can we create and move and shift things? So again, it brings out the best. It brings out the best. And so when you're at your best, I can be at my best. When you are at your best, I can be at my best. It helps. As team. Turn to someone again. He's like, oh, my gosh, why do I got to keep turning them? <laughs> because this is team. But it's, just let them know. It's like, hey, when you're at your best, I'm at my best. <laughs> Here's why. Let's take a look at it. Ephesians chapter 4. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. You'll see that I'm not making this up. <laughs> Let 
And this is part of team having the ability to bring out the best in you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16, I'm going to dive right in. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect or complete mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ is the head. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working, but which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So when every part does its share, guess what? It causes growth for the body. So when you're at your best, when you're supplying, then your supply helps bring life to me. My supply helps bring life to you. That's one of the powers of team. It has the ability to bring out the best. And so here we go. When you supply what you've been graced with, the chemical reaction of team plus relationship equals growth. When we're in relationship with each other and we're working together and you're supplying what you have and I'm supplying what I have, it can cause growth. And here's the other thing as far as we're bringing out the best. You know, in each joint, it takes another joint to recognize the joint. Nobody calls themselves. But someone identified years ago and says, hey, you know what? I, I, see, I see God work. I see something that God has graced you with to be able to supply. I didn't recognize it. But I needed someone at their best to help bring something out of me so that way now that can be nurtured and developed and, cult and cultivated. It's also likened in this statement, which we've heard plenty of times before, you can't know yourself by yourself. Isn't that so true? You don't even know what you look like until you look at the reflection in the mirror. <laughs> even Jesus says this, as the head of the church, he says, look, I don't bear witness of myself. But the father bore witness. The father bears witness. So again, we, <laughs> you know, we, we live in a day and age now where anybody can just prop up and just call themselves whatever and then just start doing stuff. Oh, uh, but somebody, and you know, they want to do stuff without the acknowledgement and, and recognition of men. There's too, that's, that's where it goes back to that trickery and cunning and all that type of thing. But it takes someone to be able to acknowledge and affirm and confirm some of the things that God is doing in, in their life. Vanessa Bell Armstrong, you ever heard of that gospel recording artist? Back in the day, she had this song called, You Bring Out the Best in Me. Talking about the love and the faithfulness of God, and she was getting it too. Boy, you can check it out on YouTube. But I remembered it. I was like, yeah, God, your love, it brings out the best. Here's the thing, when we're at our best, man, we bring out the best in one another. When, we, when we're at our best. Here's the other aspect of the power of team. 
which we're familiar with, but it's true. Team has the ability to multiply achievement. We've heard of the acronym. What is the acronym, one of the most popular acronyms that you've heard of, team? Yeah, together everyone achieves more. And it's true, but it, the reason why it's true because it's spiritual first. It's a supernatural principle. It's something how God set up, and that's the power of team. But scripture says this, one may put a thousand to flight. How many can two put? 10,000. Here's the thing that I realized with scripture, it actually asked in question form in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 30. But it says, look, how can one put a thousand to flight and put and two put 10,000 to flight unless God is their rock? That's that continuation, because sometimes you hear stuff so much and you feel like that it's just a statement. But then you go back and read it it's like, oh, you know what? That was actually asked in a question format. And there was more to that. So it says again, how can one put 1,000 a flight and how can two put 10,000 a flight unless God is their rock? So it's not just a principle and principle alone. It's a power. And that power of team comes from God. And so as God is our rock, we're able to have multiplied achievement. Here's another example. We remember Daniel. Oh, yeah, we remember Daniel. <laughs> When they were captured, and of course they were princes and things of that nature, but they were able to multiply, they were able to be found ten times better because Daniel wasn't in isolation. He had some brothers, three other brothers with him that were in agreement to say, hey, you know what, we're not going to eat the king's delicacies. We're not going to eat the, eat the meats and all that kind of stuff that were sacrificed to idols. But they asked the eunuch, hey, can you just give us vegetables and water? I would have never made that request. <laughs> But they say, man, give us vegetables and water. And then it says at the end of 10 days of testing, they were found to be 10 times better. Again, another multiplication effort. Because of what took place of people agreeing together in teams saying, hey, you know what? I know, I know that roasted pork smells good right now. But let's, let's agree. Let's agree. We're just going to have vegetables and water. And this is in a time period where a lot of people drunk wine because water wasn't necessarily as good and purified and things of that nature. So for them to be able to make that, make that decision was a huge sacrifice. But they were found 10 times better based upon that. Achievement was multiplied. Here's another example. In Matthew chapter 18, let's look at it. This is a good one. And again, this is another one where you get to the verse that you're familiar with, but there's some other things that came before that. So I want to look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 through 19. <coughs> because my wife and I, we stood on the scripture, but then there's more in context to this. So it says this, and again, I'm reading from the ESV. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. We're talking about relationships, right? Between you and him alone, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Verse 18, truly I say to you, whatever you, see, see, we normally get to this part right here. 
But this is what it's connected to. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, this is Jesus talking. If two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. God likes team, doesn't he? And so here we go. <clears throat> it has the ability to multiply achievement. But one thing I want to say here is that the word isn't established in isolation. Again, when someone's at fault, because when you have two people that, are, that, that have a, a, a fault, then, it's just, then it just becomes a he said, she said, as the expression goes. But then you have to take it to someone else, two, other, two or three other people. In other words, get a team involved. And then when team is able to touch and agree, all you need is two or three. And the Lord said, hey, I'll be there in the midst. So the only numbers game that's involved in the kingdom is just two. All you need is two. You don't need a whole bunch of squad. All you need, does anyone just have someone that's just like, just, you know, we use the expression ride or die. You just got at least one person. You at least got one person that, that, that you can roll with, that you can touch and agree. It's like, look, let's get down on this thing. Let's really, this is what I'm dealing with right now. If, if someone got at least, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Y'all know when I, I, I talked about that uh, on one Sunday, talking about covenant relationships, when I dealt with covenant relationships and I talked about my covenant brother, wouldn't you know it, the very next day, out the blue, like I said, because I told, told everyone, I was like, look, we don't, we don't call each other every week or anything of that nature. He called and said, on Monday, he called and said, hey, you were on my heart, and he left me a voicemail with a prayer. He's like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to pray. That's that kind of, that's that kind of team. But it has to be cultivated. It has to be protected. It has to be nurtured. It has to be honored. And here in that, you're able to multiply results. <laughs> as you touch and agree. And Jesus said, look, ask for anything and it'll be done. Now, this is something I'm familiar with, but uh, before I go to the next part, there's also such a thing as a bad team. Anyone ever been on a bad team? What made it a bad team? Someone shout something else. Bad attitudes. Unorganized. You said dysfunction. No communication. No commitment. <laughs> Disrespect. Don't show up. All right, I'm feeling some emotions coming up right now. <laughs> but some of y'all either in that situation or just like, Lord Jesus. It, it, it marks you. You remember that. You remember being on bad teams. Here's, here's one of the things, because the enemy hates team. The enemy hates team from the kingdom perspective. But yet, because he understands that team is power and can be leveraged, he looks to mimic the principle, but for his own glory or for self-glory. That's why when you encounter division in relationships, it's spiritual. 
It's not just the person at work, but the adversary. Here's some qualities of a bad team. A bad team loses. <laughs> That's the number one quality of a bad team. They lose. <laughs> it's like, man, how you know they're bad? Because they keep losing. It's point blank, but it's true because it's the number one. And then some of the reasons why we'll see here. A bad team has an incompetent front office or leadership. Anyone ever had a boss that was just like, oh, my gosh. It's like, are you kidding me? That was just incompetent. You're trying to figure out how did they even get in this position? Oh, how did they get in this position? And then especially when you're in meetings with them and it's like they have, you're thinking in your head, they have no idea what they're doing. They're a boss, not a leader. <laughs> a bad team has an incompetent front office. Here, here's, here's an indication of that. This type of leadership is more concerned about money than morale. Or the bottom line as opposed to how the team is doing. It's been said this, this way, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And so we've, many of us, if you live long enough, you'll experience someone that doesn't really care about you. They just want to care, okay, did you get it done? And it's like, yeah, I, I got it done, but hi. <laughs> Hello, can we, can you at least be cordial? Can you at least greet? Here's the thing, they don't care about your growth. Their concern is how you can serve them and their needs only. Now, I think about this as an example. I'm not going to go into detail, but over the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, I had a chance to watch uh, my nephew play basketball. And this was the first time in a long time that I was actually able to visibly see, to be there, and see a team lose because of coaching. And I was like, man, they got talent, but the because they wound up having more players and the other team they were playing against only had seven kids that showed up. And I was like, okay, yeah, this should be a done deal. This game wound up going into three overtimes. Shouldn't have gone into three overtimes. And it was thrilling. Nephew balled out. He balled. I mean, he was lights out keeping his team in the game. But they wound up losing because uh, of several factors. The coach, but he didn't know. He was incompetent. He had his own son as the point guard. And his own son, as Pastor Gabe mentioned, no communication. His own son never talked on the court. Now, here's the thing. I'm in the stands yelling, right? Like, come on! Things that, I mean, we, we was loud, ratchet. I'm realizing, man, everybody's all quiet. I was like, I ain't care. And I got to the point, I got so frustrated, man. I, I had to get down from the bleachers. And then this is the court. And so I'm leaning on the wall. I'm like... I was like, I got to see this up close and personal. And I'm watching the coach and I'm watching the benches. And I'm like, this boy is the point guard and not saying anything. It's like, you can't play street ball on organized ball. So it was bad, bad teamwork. Bad teamwork. And so here's another thing. A bad team is jealous of one another's achievements. That's another indication of bad team. A bad team, here we go. And this is something that you may have experienced. A teammate withholding pertinent information so that you're crippled in your project or progress. They don't tell you what you need to know. Here you're trying to move forward. Here you're trying to gain ground. 
And someone knows the information and they don't tell you, but yet they're supposed to be on the team. Yet we're all supposed to be walking together on the same goal, but because someone is jealous, they don't want you to get ahead, they withhold information. <laughs> Here's the other thing, one other thing about a bad team. A bad team has teammates playing for themselves. They play for themselves. These are the people who won't inconvenience themselves for the sake of others or to achieve the goal. <clears throat> and this is why when people hear about a group project or have to work together in a group, it's like, oh, my gosh. Because you understand the teammates. And this is what leaves people in a negative connotation. This is where the enemy tries to work in these crevices and in these gray areas. Whenever he finds an opening, whenever he finds, finds a gap. <clears throat> Team is so key. It is so critical. Here and just on the opposite end, the four qualities of a good team. A good team does what? Wins. Winning, winning, winning. Oh, oh yeah. Do we got that song? <laughs> the Warriors come out to play. Yeah. All right, so anyways, a good team wins. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says this. That Christ, and I've been hearing Pastor Gabe just mention this a whole lot, just even doing praise and worship, but this is coming to be one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, matter of fact, let me read it, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 in the Passion Translation. I like how it reads in the Passion. Give me one second here. Love technology. Here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, and if you don't have it digitally, then you can just kind of listen. And it says, God always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Through our yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. I love it how it says that Christ includes us as partners in his endless triumph. Meaning it's like, look, I'm always winning. Do you want a piece of this? Say, I'm here for that. I'm here for that winning life. I'm here for that triumph. That's what he came for. And so a good team wins. Scripture even says this, he who wins souls is wise. Look at this parallel and this connection. He who wins souls is wise. And then we also get this inclination here. And so if he who wins souls is wise, tell me this, what happens when one person is one? What happens in heaven? It says this, that the angels rejoice over how many getting saved? Just one. So we want to make sure that we are included about this winning. Christ is always leading us in triumph. So that's why I love it in that song, I Got the Victory. Every situation I face, I win. Y'all remember... Um, just dealing with mentality real quick, but it's just something I've just been kind of meditating on. Y'all remember that old Tootsie Roll song? Yeah. 
The world looks mighty good to me. Cause Tootsie Rose is all I see. Whatever it is. I think y'all remember that? Oh Lord, I'm dating myself right now. Some people do know. <laughs> oh my gosh. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh Lord, the thing about oh 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 no oh. <laughs> yeah, not that Tootsie Roll. <laughs> All right, maybe this is a 40 and up thing. I don't know. Lord Jesus. <laughs> this is like back in the 70s. So anyways, it's this old school. And so uh, the kid, the kid, it's a little cartoon. But what it is, they're going. And then everything that they start to see starts to turn into Tootsie Rolls. Now, the thing about it, that song dropped in my head because the Lord's just been reminding me about victory and, and winning and, and team and all that type of stuff. And he gave me a little remix. And so it's like, the world looks mighty good to me, because victory is all I see. Whatever it is I think I see becomes victorious to me. I've just been singing that over and over, because stuff will come. And then I'll say, I'll wake up, the world looks mighty good to me. Because I'm doing a 360 right now. Because victory is all I see. Even though everything sounds like, be like, ah. I'll be like, nope, because victory is all I see. And then this is what started happening. Things started changing based upon what it is that they've desired. This little thing right here in that little commercial would become a Tootsie Roll. So now you got a situation that looks like it's terrible. It's like, no, this ain't bad. This is victory. Other people might see, no, man, this situation is bad. It's like, oh, look, I can't see what you see. I have a supernatural sight, and I'm leveraging what God has given. It's like, oh, you, you, you ain't talking to my partner. Who's your partner? Jesus. He included me in his triumph. Isn't that encouraging? So we understand that God positions us to always win. That's another song. I know some of y'all know that. All I do is win, right? Yeah, y'all got that one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the lyrics is that part. The hook is good. Oh, well, part of it. <laughs> part of it. All I do is win. That part is good. Here's another thing. Again, this is just the opposite, but it's true. A good team has competent, cooperative leadership. Meaning this, a good team has people... Everybody knows their lane and runs in it. And then they allow each other to be great at what they do best. There's a team in sports that I'm thinking of, and, and, and maybe this is a little fleshly as I'm bringing them up, but, you know, it's a little dig. But the, uh, it's a team in the city I was born in down south in Texas. In other words, their owner... They have an owner, but their owner is doing more than what an owner should do. He's talking to everybody, and he's doing this and doing that, and, and, and no other owner does this, and it has caused the team to be dysfunctional. For the past several years, if you were to average out their wins and losses, they are just even. Because the, this is what the owner did. They wound, what, they wound like three Super Bowls in a short amount of time, and then the owner fired the head coach after a Super Bowl win because he wanted that he felt like, in essence, that the coach was getting too much attention. And they haven't won a Super Bowl since. 
much to my delight. <laughs> but I'm like, man, there's no cooperative. He's not running his lane. And so what it is, we need people, a cooperative, a competent and cooperative leadership means is, hey, like, hey, you know, I see what you do best. I'm going to stay in my lane so that way I can do what I do best. And I want you to be in your lane so that way you can do what you do best because I'm going to be better for it and you're going to be better for it. And then the whole team benefits. Here's another thing. A good team celebrates achievement. <clears throat> we don't just achieve and move on to the next thing. But it's like, look, let's take a moment and just celebrate. When, when, when something happens in, in your life, even if it's a small thing that's good that God just kind of shows up and demonstrates himself, make sure you say, God, thank you. It's like, God, hey, Lord, I want to I let you know that I do appreciate that. I appreciate that news. I appreciate the, in, the information. I know it's, it's just a little small little crack, but shucks, we know that that's something that we've been praying for. And it's just a little bit, man, that's, that's enough to be able to go and build momentum on. And then even as a team, we celebrate when something good happens. We're getting ready to have a banquet for Team Grace just to say, yay, 2019, and to say thank you. Celebrate, because when I started looking back, I was like, oh, man. Because sometimes you can feel like, you can feel like if you allowed that you didn't do anything and that nothing was accomplished. So then... If that, that's just deception because the enemy is just trying to mask what God has done. God's like, oh, no, I was in 2019. I was still, I was still there. Because then we could just deflect, well, man, I lost this, I lost that. The Lord's like, no, no, you won. The world looks mighty good to me because victory is all I see. Oh, you're just being immature. Nope. Whatever it is I think I see. Becomes victorious to me. <laughs> Here's another thing, the fourth thing for qualities of a good team. A good team plays for the goal and for one another. You see this displayed in sports in, in, in essence, uh, you know, even some college teams, some of the ones I think of that don't even have the the names of individuals on the back. They just have the number and then the name of the school. It's like, look, this is who we play for because we're a team. Some people say, it's like, look, man, I'm just going to make a business decision. And I'm just going to play for myself. I ain't out here trying to get all hurt or whatever. No, we play for the team of others. Here's, here's another reference. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. You don't have to turn there, but in the end of it, it says, the multitude of believers, and this is after the Holy Spirit was poured out and so many different things was happening at the birth of the church, at the birth of the body of Christ, at the birth of this team in which Jesus Christ is the head. It says this, the multitude of believers was one in heart and soul. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. Need to read that again. The multitude of believers was one in heart and soul. So it was 5,000 plus that we're talking about. The multitude of believers was one in heart and soul. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. 
I think it's significant um, that God placed it upon my wife's heart that even our helps ministry, you know the name of our helps ministry is called Team Grace. And so as a ministry, what we want to do is further cultivate and leverage the power of team with this revelation. As we value it and we understand that it's power in teaming, power in joining together, power in being yoked up so that way we can plow and do things. The encouragement for you and for me is to make the determination to be and bring to be and bring your best for the growth of the team. Even if you don't feel like that, that, that it's like, man, I'm giving 100%, whatever it is the best that you can give, then that's your best that you can give right then. And then it grows as you learn, as you develop, as we get stronger, as we build, as certain, certain shifts and things begin to manifest and happen, then it's more of the best that you can give. But as a team, we want to make sure that we are mentally, spiritually blessed <laughs> and positioned so that way it's like, man, you know what? Because this is, this is just, just to give you a little bit of clue and insight, one thing that I'm just praying for, it's like, God, how can, how can you even help me to help your people? Even more so, God. I, I, I want to see them at their best. So God, help me to be at my best. What does your best look like? Have you even seen it yet? It's almost like another message, but it's just a good thought to ponder on. What does your best look like? Have you seen it yet? I mean, you've probably seen it in the spirit, but have you seen it? What does your best look like? With you fully functioning, all systems go, everything happening. Just picture that for a moment. You just operating at your best. What do you look like? What's your demeanor? How's your posture? How's your mindset? How's your attitude? What do your finances look like? How are you flowing in your relationship with Jesus and with other people? How mad are you making the devil? <laughs> At your best. As in heaven, so on earth, as we're partnered with Christ, the anointed one, I believe there's some additional partnerships that God wants to bring into our lives. And this is just even some prophetic significance as it pertains to team. When we value, cultivate, and grow in our stewardship and leverage this power of team, I believe that God is going to match us up with the right team, the right teammate, the right partnership, business or otherwise. Here's another thing that I saw. Your 20 will be matched by someone else's 20. That means what you bring to the table, someone else will be bringing with the same integrity, with the same truth, with the same passion. Your 20 will be matched by someone else's 20. But here's the thing, because of the multiplied effects of team, this is what he says. The multiplied effect will produce 2,020. 
So it ain't just going to be 20 plus 20 equals 40. But coming together, you're 20 plus someone else is 20. Now here's the prophetic significance of 20 because 20 is symbolic of completion. A little heavy. <laughs> 20 is it's, it's, it's a whole lot that we're going to pack. This is a whole bunch I even want to share New Year's Eve too, but I can't just jump into it yet. But it's a mirrored, it's a mirrored effect. But it's also positioning and God just even completing some things. Because some stuff you'd be like, man, some stuff I wanted to finish in 2019. Oh, it, 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 trust me, it'll get finished. Don't get stuck on 2019. God will finish it. But anyways, your 20 will be matched by someone else's 20. And the multiplied effect will produce 2020. So, again, not getting stuck on those numbers specifically, but it's saying as far as for just as you come to completion of some things. That's the key point. As some things are completed and we're more well-rounded and developed in, in thoughts and whatever the case may be, <clears throat> then it'll be able, to be able to match with someone else who's complete. This is one thing that I realized when, when, when you don't have a plan, when you come into the presence of someone with resources, then they can't match because you're not complete. It's like, hey, man, yeah, I want to be able to be a blessing, but you ain't got nothing for me to bless. So we can't, it can't, we can't be yoked up together in this thing because you're not bringing anything to the table if it's just one person. So that's why that's that development, even spiritually, even whatever the case may be. <clears throat> but God wants to part, partner. He's like, look, I'm bringing you into partnership with what the triumph that I've already created, but there's some additional partnerships that I want to be able to connect you to bring out the best in you. Holistically. Let's stand. want to release a decree tonight that we'll say together um, based upon this. Let me make sure I didn't miss anything, Lord. Hold on one second. <coughs> All right. I want to I read, even as you're standing, you could, you could turn here uh, just so we can see it because this decree is connected to this. Um, but I'll explain it. Leviticus chapter 26. <clears throat> oh, let me get out of this translation. Leviticus chapter 26. <clears throat> I'll give you the verse in just a moment. All right, so in context, this is just talking about God's promise and blessing and retribution and different things that he <clears throat> uh, decides to do. But again, this is talking about that multiplied effect here, just to give you a little bit of context, very lightly. Uh, so, so here we go, verse, starting with verse 4. Hold up. 
Verse 2, you shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. And the land shall yield its produce and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of the vintage and the vintage shall <coughs> last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. Come on, somebody. Verse 6, I will give you peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts, and the sword will not go through your land. And then here we go, verse 7 and 8. You will chase your enemies, and they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you shall chase a hundred. And a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you. As a matter of fact, let me just finish with this last part. For, verse 9, for I will look on you favorably and will make you fruitful, multiply you, and confirm my covenant with you. Is that good? That is good. And so th that, that talks about, again, that, the, uh, you know, hey, you got five that will chase a hundred. And there was some additional stuff to share tonight, but, uh, you know, just for the sake of time, I won't get dig into it. But then 100 can put 10,000 to flight. So, again, this is this multiplied effort in leveraging team, in leveraging team. And so even when you think about leverage, uh, just to be scientific in physics, when you leverage something, you're able to lift and do a whole lot more than if you were to just grab it with both hands and try to do it yourself. It's simple mechanics, but it's true. And so we want to leverage what God has made available for us with team and understanding by revelation. We know how to, op uh, to operate because it's part of his body. <clears throat> so let's make this decree together. Say, Lord, Lord. We, honor we honor and value the principle and power, principle and power. of team and teamwork. <laughs> now we decree that the grace of supernatural teamwork is at work in our lives. And for those that are married, in our marriages, in our relationships, in this ministry, we decree that the grace of five will succeed in chasing 100. And the success of 100 will put 10,000 to flight, according to Leviticus 26, verse 8. We team with heaven and partner with Jesus and our angels that they go forth with this decree and help us on earth so that God may be glorified through his body in the earth. Amen. Come on. So there's a grace of supernatural teamwork. Supernatural teamwork. And I think this one thing that's interesting, and I'll try to stop here with this thought, but it says that five will chase 100. And I'm not trying to be too deep, but again, you know, I just thought, I was like, oh, five times 20. It's that multiplied effect. When things are complete, five is grace. So when you have grace and then people that are walking in completion, man, you put it like this. It'll be the multiplied effect of things being chased and, 
and just victory and yielded fruit. That's the expectation. I want to pray this prayer that Jesus prayed for us in John chapter 17. He prayed it for us, and I want to, and for me, as he's, as he's our partner, and he partners with us so that way we can partake of his triumph. If you see something that Jesus prayed, it's good for you to pray it too. <laughs> and this ain't talking about just the Lord's prayer that we talk about, but no, this is a prayer that Jesus actually prayed. And so I'm just kind of reading in a manner uh, as I'm praying it as well. So we could just lift our hands as we pray this prayer. And this is John, just for reference, John chapter 17. I love, I love chapter 15 and 17. I love the book of John. That's just my favorite book of the Bible. Um, but this uh, is just a powerful prayer that Jesus prayed, just about unity, about team. And again, it's a whole bunch of other revelation to go into. I could almost do a part two and three for this, but I want to end it here. So I want to pray this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus. No, you don't have to pray it. I'll pray because <laughs> this is kind of long, but you can just listen. Father, in the name of Jesus, because Jesus prayed this, but I'm just kind of uh, changing uh, tense. Or, you know, first person, second person, I'm changing that, whatever that's called. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Jesus' prayers for us. We who also have believed in you through the word of the first disciples, that we all may be one as you are in Jesus and Jesus in you. That we also may be one in you, the Godhead, that the world may believe that Jesus was sent by you, Father. And the glory which you gave to Jesus we receive as it has been given to us. That we may be one just as you are one. Jesus in us and you in Jesus. That we may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent Jesus and have loved us as you have loved Jesus. Father, I desire that we also, whom you gave to Jesus, may be with him where he is, that we may behold his glory, which you have given him. For you loved him before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but Jesus knows you. And we have known you that sent him. And Jesus has declared to us your name. And, we content, and he continues to declare it, that the love with which you love Jesus may be in us, in Christ in us. Amen. There's a glory in unity. There's a glory in oneness. And, and it's ours as an inheritance. Amen. Well, can we just bless God for team, the value, power of team, and let's just continue to cultivate that. Amen.